0: as everyone, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Farah, of course, as my channel states. <laughs> I hope you're all well, inshallah, I'm good too, alhamdulillah. Now, inshallah, this podcast is a very beneficial one, as I know that in many, many cultures and communities, we can't speak about periods openly, which is why I decided to speak up on this topic in detail, as it may benefit a few people or maybe a lot of people, I hope. Now, I'll go into the cultural ideology surrounding periods and what the Quran and Hadith say about periods, as well as how we can do ibadah both in and out of Ramadan, which we all tend to drop as soon as our period hits, we stop everything. Now, I'm guilty of that too, so this is a beneficial reminder for me first, and then to everyone else who's interested in listening. So I'm Pakistani, if you don't know, and in my culture, if you're on your period, a lot of people think that you cannot enter a mosque as you're dirty all over. Not just in your private parts, no, 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 no. All over, from your hands to your feet. Your whole body is dirty. They believe that your periods are so impure that everything you wear, like everything that touches your skin, and even if you just try it on for a second, it needs to be washed with soap in a washing machine. Or by hand, or however you wash your clothes. But it honestly doesn't make any sense, and never made any sense to me growing up. Even, like, (laughs) even if the clothes aren't stained, right, So if the clothes are not stained or dirty in any way, then why are we washing them? It just doesn't make sense. It's a waste of time, energy, electricity, soap, water, everything. Honestly. And there's no backing up for this from what I've seen. I've done so much research and I can't find any backing of this. Um, And scholars and all, they'd have no reason for this. Even they say it's cultural. And I found out that it's just a load of cultural nonsense that has no backing in Islam. It's just what people passed from their predecessors, their ancestors, and they pass that on to their kids and their kids and their kids. And now we all believe this nonsense blindly without doing our own research. It's just sad. Um, I found out that women who were bleeding in Hindu families, this is really sad actually, women who are bleeding in Hindu families were actually banished from their family home and had to live in a sort of shed-like room in the garden until their period had finished because they were seen as so impure and dirty that they weren't even allowed to come into their own homes. They weren't even allowed to come into contact with anyone in the family who's not on their period. They were treated like dogs, pretty much, living in a doghouse in the garden. It's just so sad. And the worst thing is that I've read that this this still happens in some Hindu families going on in India. And I believe that some of these cultural behaviours stuck with not just Pakistanis, but Bengalis and um, South Asians from all these centuries before. Because they're all neighbouring regions and it's just a sad, sad state of affairs. There's a hadith that backs up the clothes washing thing, like my opinion of it, which isn't even my opinion, but it goes against the belief that you need to wash all your clothes as soon as they touch your body and you try them on just for a minute, you need to wash them because you're on your period. So... I just remember that. goes narrated Asma: A woman came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, "If any one of us gets menses in her clothes, then what should we do?" He replied, "She should take the take hold of the soiled part, rub it, and put it in the water, and rub it in order to remove the traces of blood, and then pour water over it. Then she can pray in it." It's in Sahih Bukhari, Hadith number two hundred and twenty-seven. See how he didn't say you have to wash the whole item of clothing, just the part that was stained. This hadith alone means that the idea of needing to wash every outfit you wear whilst menstruating is true, isn't is true and it's just a bunch, bunch of nonsense. The only part the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa told us to wash is the part that is stained and even plain water makes it clean enough for prayer. As long as the stain is completely gone, is clean enough of prayer, even without soap. And if it's clean enough of prayer, then that means it's at the best level of cleanliness, right? Because we all know how clean you have to be in order to pray. Definitely. So how would it be dirty all over? How would your clothes be dirty all over? It doesn't make sense. How would your body be dirty all over? If your clothes don't need to be washed all over. Another point that culture told me that was true that surprise surprise isn't true again, and it's a complete lie based on nothing is that on for your like you get a sin if your male relatives, as in your brothers and your dad, see your pad or find out you're on your period in any way, so my own brothers and dad couldn't know I was on my period, and when I went to the bathroom, I had to. Like hide my pads under my armpit or my arm or my debatta or my jumper or whatever I was wearing on the way to the bathroom. Because I was told that if they found out, I would get a sin. It's embarrassing. It's insulting. It's the most disgusting thing ever. Or just making sure no one was around. I remember this, just making sure that no one was around. When I did go to the bathroom, like I'd pop my head out of my room, look around and then rush off to the bathroom with my pad in my hand. I remember being told that if my brothers and dad found out I was on my period, it was just shameless. And I would gain sins and they would feel embarrassed and all of that nonsense. Again, no backing in Islam whatsoever. Now looking back, it's just so silly because most girls who hit their puberty do get periods on a monthly basis. And it's natural. It's a natural part of womanhood. It's natural for most females. Not all, but most. I don't understand how a way that Allah has made us is dirty in any way. Not to mention the same people who say periods are dirty and a woman is dirty when she's on her period. They're the ones who want a legacy. They're the ones who want grandkids, who kids, great-grandkids. They're the ones who don't want their family tree to die out. But without periods, you wouldn't even have the fully functioning body that allows for a woman to be able to give birth. You wouldn't even have a womb that functions, that allows, that an egg that holds sperm, that anything. You will not have any of that. You can't take half and leave half. Periods are a natural part of the circle of life. And you should say Alhamdulillah and see it as a blessing given to you by Allah without which you would never be able to bear children, and you will never have the chance to bear children. If you don't have your periods regularly, it impacts your womb, it impacts your fertility levels. So you should be grateful that you have that opportunity to have your periods on a monthly basis, to have them so often that your wounds are fully functioning. It's a blessing that some women don't have, unfortunately, okay? Now, I understand that most of us don't see menstruation as a blessing, right? But we should remember that whatever Allah does for us is always for a reason, better than we could ever come up with or ever comprehend. Allah is the best of planners, and not only that, but He is the one lone entity that runs the universe and beyond. And if he can run all of this like clockwork, like perfect clockwork, including dimensions we don't know about, dimensions we do know about, other creatures we do and don't know about, other realms we don't know about, everything in this world isn't just what we can see, it's far beyond our comprehension. If he can run all of this so smoothly, then he surely knows what he's doing, right? He surely knows what he's doing. He's written for us what is to happen, what isn't to happen. He knows it all. Just trust him. He's doing everything for a reason. Now, listen to this Hadith. It's beautiful, right? Narrated Abu... Sorry, not Abu. Narrated Al-Qasim. Aisha said, We set out with the sole intention of performing Hajj. And when we reached Sarif, which is a place six miles from Makkah, I got my menses." Allah's Messenger وسلم, came to me while I was weeping. He said, "What is the matter with you? Have you got your menses?" I replied, "Yes." And he said, "This is a thing which Allah has ordained for the daughters of Adam. So do what all the pilgrims do, except for tawaf, circumambulation, round the Kaaba." Aisha added, "Allah's Messenger sallam sacrificed cows on behalf of his wives." This is in Sahih al-Bakari, Hadith number 294. Just listen to this again. This is a thing which Allah has ordained for the daughters of Adam. When Aisha radiyallahu anhu was crying about her period, the Prophet Muhammad comforted her by telling her that it's in the will of Allah and that it is normal. Notice how in the end he doesn't tell her to go home, he doesn't tell her to go away. He goes to her and he tells her to continue her abadha, but just avoid one thing, which is the tawaf around the Kaaba. Now if menstruating was dirty and a shame to have and disgusting and made you filthy all over, he would never have said that. He would never have said that at all. It wouldn't make sense, right? No, it doesn't. Literally, the greatest of creation has said that it's okay, it's normal, it's from Allah. So it's definitely true. He was a messenger of Allah, a prophet, and before that he was known as an honest man, mashallah. He's an example that is the best example to follow for all of creation, and he is known as the best of creation. Speaking of the examples of the Prophet Muhammad, he used to rest his head in the laps of his wives and recite Quran whilst they were menstruating. He used to show them affection, have his hair combed by his wives at the time, and other things which just goes to show that the only thing dirty about periods are what's happening down below. Otherwise he most definitely wouldn't have done that, as he would know better. The only thing that Allah tells our spouses that they cannot do with us is to have sexual relations during the whole duration of the periods. But apart from that, you can kiss your spouse, hug them, do whatever, just avoiding intercourse. It's in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 222. It reads, And they ask you about menstruation, say, It is harm, so keep away from the wives during menstruation. And do not approach them until they are pure. And when they have purified themselves, then come to them from where Allah has ordained for you. Indeed, Allah loves those who are constantly repentant and loves those who purify themselves. And according to Tafsir ibn Kathir, Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal recorded that Anas said, The Jews used to avoid their menstruating women. They would not eat or even mingle with them in the house. The companion of the, of the Prophet asked about this matter and Allah revealed this ayah 222 in Surah Al-Baqarah in response. Allah's Messenger alayhi wasallam also said, Do everything you wish except for ha- having sexual intercourse. When the Jews were told about the Prophet's statement, they said, What's the matter with this man? He would hear not of any of our practices but would defy it. Literally defending their outcasting and shunning of women over something that Allah has ordained for them, has given to them, and something that they have no control over. Isn't that unfair and unjust? Now, as you all know, it is Ramadan, which is the reason why I decided to make this podcast episode. I know how in Ramadan we all feel bad because we want to spend so much of the month in a bada and worship, but then we are hit out of nowhere by our period and it feels like a smack in the face. Like, try now. <laughs> it just feels awful, doesn't it? As though all of our efforts to, had to be stopped and we can't do anything anymore. Then after our... Sorry. Then after our period f- uh, goes away, it feels like we are back on square one, Right? We have have to start from the beginning because we lost our train of thought. We lost the way everything was going. Our routine got messed up. And it's horrible, I know. But we need to remember that Allah isn't punishing us. He doesn't hate us. And that's not why we have periods. We wouldn't have, without periods, again, as I've said before, we wouldn't have a body fit enough for motherhood. We wouldn't be able to be mothers you know how big a deal being a mother is in is in the eyes of Allah? If you knew, you would cry. Allah has given most of us, this body, able to do that. And it's a blessing. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, I will do a podcast episode on this in the future. But don't let your periods bring you down, okay? One thing I do have to say though, is just because you're menstruating... And cannot pray doesn't mean you should drop all other forms of abada. Yeah, the only things menstruation stops for you for as in in um, relation to abada is reading the Quran, praying, and tawaf around the Kaaba, as I've mentioned in the Hadith previously. You can still do dhikr, you can still make dua, you can still recite Quran from memory, and even perform hajj minus the tawaf. And Allah wa ta'ala may still accept it. So don't let your period make you feel down in the dumps. Okay? Don't let your period make you feel like it's the be-all end-all when it comes to your worship. We should still try and increase what we can do instead of complaining about what we cannot do. For example, this is something you can try. For example, when it's period not period time, sorry For <laughs> that will be awful for example when it's prayer time maybe do Dikra and Dua for the 10 or maybe 5 minutes to, you would usually spend praying so you're still spending certain times during the day that you would spend for prayer doing something Abada wise and inshallah that will aid you when it comes to when your period ends and you can have a smoother transfer Back to the usual salah and stuff like that. Inshallah, we all make better use of our menstruating weeks or even days or however long you menstruate for. And that's all for today, inshallah. You find this podcast episode beneficial in one way or another. And if you would like me, if you would like for more content, you can follow me on Instagram which is the same name as my podcast, Farah Talks with Three S's. Until next time, Salam.